Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pinzo Performance Line, Lewis Riddick. In just a minute, we're talking football with you. NBA draft last night by the numbers, no big surprises. NFL weekend kicks off tonight. Great one that everybody has wrong. We have more cancellations in college. We have uh, the answer to a question that I had yesterday. If you're with me in this hour of the show yesterday, I took a phone call from Richie, who asked me a question that I wasn't prepared to answer in the moment. I'm going to bring it back, and I'm going to answer it in about 15 minutes. So all that and more, and then we are waiting for news pretty much any minute now from the coast. We're expecting to hear something on Clay Thompson. Just terrible. I would hate for that to be a really bad injury. That's the last thing. First and foremost, you hate it for him. Work hard to come back from an ACL. And that's June of 19 when he got hurt, if you think about how long ago that was. And now yesterday, you know what happened. The word started coming out about an hour or a half before the draft last night that Clay Thompson may have, have torn his Achilles in a pickup game in L.A., which would just be devastating news for him, be devastating for the Warriors, be devastating, I think, for the NBA. You know, that's a team I think people are excited to see what they are this year, and he's such a great player. So I really hope that we will be pleasantly surprised and it will turn out not to be that bad. We'll wait and see. But again, we had been told that the MRI would be sometime late this morning Pacific time. So maybe we'll hear something uh, while we're on the air here for the next hour. If so, we certainly will bring you the latest. And we'll remind you that this show is a podcast every single day. You can check it out wherever you get your podcast. The name of the show is hashtag Greeny. Meanwhile, the man, he joins me every single Thursday in the morning on Get Up and then here on uh, on ESPN Radio. And then you see him Monday night in the booth doing Monday Night Football. My friend Lewis Riddick is here on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Hello again, Lewis. What's going on, Greeny? Well, we had some fun this morning, as always. And, you know, this weekend we, ki- we kick it off with some fun. Actually, I think maybe the best games of the weekend might be the bookend ones. You guys have one Monday night that I think could be a preview of the NFC Championship. We'll talk about that one in a mm-hmm. minute. But let's talk about tonight. All of you guys today picked Arizona on our show this morning over Seattle tonight. Tell me why. I think they're the more balanced, more balanced team. And I know Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins get all the headlines. But I think one of the things that that DeAndre, I saw where he he put out a tweet or he was, I think he may have tweeted the fact that he was telling the Arizona media that was at practice to stop putting the camera on him and put it on the offensive line because that, that throw doesn't go off unless the offensive line blocks. And, you know, he's just trying to spread out the credit. And I think that that's important to remember about this football team is that they are a pretty well-balanced team in terms of being able to throw the ball, throw the ball deep, throw the ball short, run the ball with power. And, in, and I know you don't think about that when you think about the Cardinals, but they are a power-running football team. They have a very opportunistic defense that has one of the best young defensive players in the league in Buda Baker. They would be even better defensively. Just think if they had Chandler Jones, who's one of the prolific pass rushers in the NFL over the past three or four years. But now he's gone for the season, I believe, with that toward Peck. I just think that they're still they're just so well balanced, and Kyler is in such a groove right now. And that trade for DeAndre Hopkins was such a home run for them that I just don't know if Russell can overcome that. When I say just Russell, I don't mean to just make it like it's just Russell Wilson in Seattle, but – it kind of is just Russell Wilson. It's him and D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The run game is not the same as it used to be. The defense is just, I mean, it's night and day compared to the days of the Legion of Boom. And so I just, I just think it's just too much. It's too much for, for Seattle to have to overcome when you're talking about a football team that right now is hitting on all cylinders. 
Yeah. You know, and, and speaking of the Cardinals and speaking of their quarterback, you know, last week in this spot, when you were on with me, we got a lot of attention for the conversation we had. Primarily you had. I mostly just listened to it and enjoyed it um, about team building and about how teams can either either develop a quarterback or ruin a quarterback. And, and we were talking mm-hmm. in that in that case about how teams ruin one. Well, I was thinking this week, mm-hmm. if you're the Cardinals, look how right you've gotten this around the young quarterback. You went out and hired a coach that no one was considering. This is a guy who got fired from his job in college, but you brought him in because you knew you could take this kid and this guy, this is a a coach who would run a system that was perfect for him. Then you went out and you got the receiver. You make the the big aggressive move to get the receiver, to give him that that guy to put together with a one-two punch because Larry just isn't exactly what he once was at his best. So there's a great example, it seems to me, of a franchise that got it right around a young quarterback. And look at the result. They're going to be good for a decade because that kid is so good. Yeah, I mean, that's, this is the flip side, you're right, of the conversation we were having. And look, I, I was admittedly skeptical given the fact that they had drafted Josh Rosen the year before, had totally taken a, you know, a right turn away from the Steve Wilkes and Josh Rosen, Rosen experiment, and we're starting over again in consecutive years. And that's something that historically is just doesn't really uh, lead to a GM keeping his job very long. But to his credit, Steve Kime nailed this part of it, this, this one, you know, this, this marriage between Cliff and Kyler. And Cliff had a definite vision for how he was going to use him, tried to fortify the offensive line as best he could, made some adjustments, adjustments as far as his philosophical approach to the pro game or how he was going to need to adjust to the pro game to protect his quarterback, make the offense more well-balanced, which, you know, really helped Kyler out, put the weapons around him, seems to call the game in such a way to keep, to keep Kyler out of harm's way as much as he can while at the same time not just putting him in bubble wrap, and letting him, but he lets him go and lets him, lets him run the ball here with some design quarterback runs, let Kyler, Kyler be, uh, you know, lets him ad lib and be creative when he needs to be. And the marriage is definitely working. And you see this team just growing every week in terms of its confidence and how multiple that they can be. And everybody seems happy with it. Kyler seems happy. Chris seems happy. The surrounding pieces seem to be flourishing. You know, Vance Joseph seems to be happy with as far as how, you know, the kind of positions that this offense puts the defense in and doesn't put the defense in, meaning that they're not always three and out and having to put the defense on the field too much. So it's all working together. And I think you have, you have to give Steve Kime a lot of credit, no question, the general manager. You also have to give, I think, I have to personally give Cliff Kingsbury a lot of credit for how he undoubtedly heard the criticism about whether or not he even deserved the job in the first place. But having the confidence to say, look, as long as I can get this as far as the quarterback that I want, I'm going to learn what I don't know, improve on what I need to improve on as a coach and as the CEO of the football team on the field, and let's just see what happens. And right now, it's coming up aces for him, man. And these are what, this is one of the good stories. This is something that people can look at and go, all right, so how can I go from being someone who people are criticizing for what I didn't get done at one place to now they're, you know, they're celebrating me for what I'm getting done at, a, at another place? I mean, it's a great story. It's the kind of story that deserves a lot of, a lot of attention. We're giving it a lot of attention. Hopefully it manifests itself in a, in a season for them that, uh, that they're all proud of and that we can just keep talking about.
Yeah, and, and it, to some degree it has. Here they are right in the thick of it in the best division in the sport, and they get a, a big game tonight. Greeny and Lewis Riddick here presented by Progressive Insurance. Then, then to we can sort of spin that all the way to your game because I have a few questions about it. So you guys have the Buccaneers and the Rams tonight, and as good as Seattle has been and as on the come as Arizona is, the team I've decided I buy the most in that division is the Rams. The more I watch them mm-hmm. play, the more impressed I am, and in particular with Jalen Ramsey, the job he did last week on DK Metcalf was, and this is the highest praise I can offer, was Revis-esque. So when you're looking at the mm-hmm. tape, tell me what you see from the Rams. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll start with Jalen Ramsey. Look, he is an eraser, right? He's like the wolf. He, he fixes stuff. He cleans stuff up for them in a way that befits his salary that he got is 20 million plus I believe per year that he's making it there he's a, he's a unique talent that their new defensive coordinator Brandon Staley who Sean uh, McVay had targeted this past offseason as someone that he needed in order to take this defense to the next level and now him in conjunction with the reigning uh, defensive MVP Aaron Donald how they have resurrected Leonard Floyd's career you know based upon how disappointing he was in Chicago, has now what it has equated to is a defense that should be able to travel and deal with all kinds of different offenses that they're going to face here down the stretch and makes them a contender. What else makes them a contender? We also know what travels, and that's the running game. They have a three-headed monster as far as their running game is concerned out there. And they get after people with the play-action passing game built off of that running game, that should also travel in bad weather, on the road, in important games. So they have all those basic building blocks that would lead you to being very optimistic when it comes to playoff uh, possibilities and what they could do in the playoffs. So I'm I'm with you there in, in terms of optimism. What they need to do now is get that signature win against a team like Tampa that is considered to be a favorite in the NFC on the road and not just beat up on the NFC East like they have so far. See, when they've matched up against teams that can play that kind of tough guy football, that kind of December, January type football like they can, they haven't answered the bell yet. All right, They got waxed by San Francisco. They go down to Miami. They get stomped out by a football team down there that you're going to hear from here late in, in the season in the Miami Dolphins. So now they have another chance. Prime time, go all the way across the country, play in a big matchup against a team that right now – really redeem themselves after they got stomped by, by New Orleans, that being the Buccaneers, and then they just wipe out Carolina. So this is now a meeting of the Titans, so to speak, in the NFC. And we'll see if that kind of football that the Rams play, which I think does travel and does bode well for their prospects later on in the season, we'll see if it's, if it's really real or not. And we'll see on the part of Tampa Bay, too. So it, it just makes for probably outside of the Kansas City-Baltimore game early on in the year for us on Monday Night Football, our best game of the year, without a doubt. Tons of star power, great coaches. I mean, it's it's a can't miss. It's it, you you have to watch this game on that. No, I agree. I I think I think exactly that. I think if I had to bet right now on the the NFC Championship game, this might be where I'd look. Lewis Riddick on the Shell Pennzoil yeah. performance line. Let me ask you about the other side of it then, Tampa, because now you mentioned they just got humiliated by New Orleans a week and a half ago, and yet immediately we're already calling them the best team again. So as you, I know, have been sitting and looking at the tape this week, why mm-hmm. are they so inconsistent? Like, what is it you see? So, when, they're the, when they're good, they look like the best team in football, but they're not always that. So why is that? 
Yeah, I think when they when they are when they get into troubles, when they become almost too high wire, meaning it all it all becomes about the big up, and it all becomes about the thing and the sacks and explosive plays on defense, and then they kind of get away from who they who they really need to be in order to be consistent, which is a team that controls the line of scrimmage on offense, where Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are an integral part, or rather an important part of the game plan. They stay relatively balanced, although they're never going to be a three yards in a cloud of dust type offense, but where they don't forget about the fact that the running game and that offensive line has to establish themselves. That's where they get into trouble when they lose sight of that. On the defensive side, they they become it almost becomes where when teams start to run the ball against this team and they become less about taking care of the dirty work and more about just getting after the quarterback and brutalizing the quarterback and sitting on routes in the secondary and trying to get explosive interceptions, which are all important, when they get away from that is when they get into trouble too. So when they are really dialed in on those aspects, they're hard to beat, man. They are hard to beat. When the running game is going and Tom Brady is going up over top of you, that's hard to stop any offense. And when they remember that, they're hard to stop. So it's going to be be interesting to see just how much they're able to hit those big plays in the air against the Rams. Because if they're not, then they're going to have to rely on on playing the blue-collar type of game. Will they stay patient enough to do that and let Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette go to work? And then on the defensive side, they're going to have to be very disciplined against this Rams offense because this Rams offense is one of the best perimeter run teams in the NFL, meaning they run the ball off tackle better than anybody. And if you don't shut that down, Sean McVay will bludgeon you. He will absolutely bloody your entire face running the football. (laughs) When you shut them down that way and you get after Jared Goff, that's when they get into trouble, a la the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. When Bill said, Todd Gurley, you're not running this ball outside on us. We're going to make Jared Goff win it, and he couldn't win it. So the the chess match is going to be fantastic. It really is. Who's going to be able to stay balanced, stay true to who they really need to be, and do it for three and a half hours, however long that game lasts. So it's going to be a battle of wills, man. And it's just, there's just so many storylines. I mean, just talking with, with you about it right now makes me more and more excited to get down to Tampa and call this game and see who's able to kind of stay true and stay on course. We will see it Monday night on ESPN. What a stretch, actually, Tampa has here because they play this game and then the following Sunday they get Kansas City. So we will know a lot more about the Bucks in a week <laughs> yeah. and a half than we know now. Lewis, I so enjoy this. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you Monday night. Always, brother. All right. Talk to you soon. He's the best. Lewis Riddick again. Is, so I so enjoy having him on TV. And Lewis Riddick with me here, Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. And what I like about Lewis very much, look, I think everyone recognizes that he's ridiculously knowledgeable and ridiculously smart, but he's got that intensity, that that seriousness about him. So every once in a while when we can make him laugh, like I, I first suggested when we were launching Get Up, we should do a segment called Can We Make Lewis Laugh? And when you get Lewis laughing and stuff like that, then there is nobody better. So that's a lot of fun. That really is a good game that we have this weekend. We have a lot more we're going to do in this hour here, but right now I wanted to uh, to get back to something that came up yesterday. I made a promise and I want to keep it. So we do a segment here every now and again. I take your phone calls, and, and one of them uh, is that we will just do a, a, a segment we call, What Do You Want to Know? You can call up and ask me pretty much any sports question you want to, and I will answer it. So yesterday, Richie in New York was one of the callers that we had, and he asked me a question, 
and I had about two and a half minutes left in the show. And it was something I thought I don't really have an immediate answer to. And I want to give it a thoughtful response. And I promised him I would come back to it today. So I'm going to do it now. So you can all hear it. Uh, Bubba, let's hear the question from Richie yesterday. What is the worst part of being a sports journalist like yourself? Not the best. I don't want to love all these people. What's the worst part? They're like, oh, I hate that. So, so that's a, it's a really good question. People always ask me what's the best thing about my job. And then sometimes they ask me what the worst thing is about my job. And the default answer I always give is the hours. Because for 18 years when I was hosting Mike and Mike, my alarm clock was set for 3.45 in the morning. And when your alarm is set for 3.45 in the morning, it's a commitment. And, and that was, it's hard. And it's an easy answer. It's, it's an answer that requires no thought. But I didn't want to do that. It's a good question. And so here's what, I, I spent a little time thinking about it. And here's what I would say. I think that the hardest thing, particularly in coming back now and doing this show as I'm doing it, is that the opinions that you're going to hear on this show, nine out of 10 times, are going to come from me. And I am going to, I am in a position now, more than I really have been at any other time in my career, where I'm, I'm being a lot more critical of people in sports than I ever have been before. And that is very contrary to my nature as a human being. My nature as a human being is to be non-confrontational. And for many years, hosting a two-man show, I could, I could lean on someone else to have those opinions on television in the morning. Uh, my job really is to ask the questions and let people weigh in, and I can pick and choose my spots. Here, you want to hear takes. You want to hear sports opinions, and I'm giving them to you. And I have to live with that, and that's not always easy. And so I thought that when I, th- when I thought about that answer, I thought about a question and answer I got from Chris Mad Dog Russo. So you may be aware I host a podcast called I'm Interested in which this fall I've been interviewing a lot of the legendary sports voices, everyone from Chris Berman to Vern Lundquist to Doris Burke and Susan Waldman and so many others that I've interviewed. And this past week I interviewed Mad Dog. That's actually the most recent podcast that dropped. It's called I'm Interested if you would like to listen to it. It is available wherever you get your podcasts. And I asked him about it because Chris Russo will light up anybody. If you ever listen to him, he will light up anybody, including people that he knows, including me. I have heard him. I have been listening to him on the radio in my lifetime. It was a long time ago, but I have been listening to him and heard him ripping me to shreds. And I might encounter him the next day at an AAU basketball tournament because our kids played in the same AAU circuit for years. So I know him and I see him from time to time. And so I asked him, I I think that we, we cut the question into this, but when he answered it, I will tell you, I was surprised by his answer. And it made me feel a little better. So go ahead, Bubba, hit it. This is Chris Mad Dog Russo. I have heard you crucify people that I know you have to encounter. So I, I would ask you, are you naturally a confrontational person? Are you comfortable? No, definitely not. You are not. No, so no. how do you handle it when you see people that you have crucified? I try to avoid them as much as I can. <laughs> Now, we, in fairness to Chris, we cut that off pretty short. He did give a lengthier description than that. But it was that that was not what I was expecting him to say. You know, he, he, he is right there with you. And he will just rip you to, I mean, I would have assumed to your face. But he's saying that he likes to avoid the people that he criticizes. So anyway, I wanted to give Richie an answer. And I wanted to let you know that, you know, that, that there's a guy who made his living ripping people to shreds who feels very much the same way. So, Richie, thank you for the call. And that's the answer to the question. It's, it's, to me, it's the hardest part of the job. 
But it is the job, and I am happy to be back doing it, and I am happy to continue doing it. And that is what you will hear as you, if you continue to hang out with me on this show as we just get bigger and better. I'm getting more and more excited about the possibilities that we have here. All right, as we continue, we are very busy here today. I've got a lot more in the hopper, including much more on the NBA draft last night. We're waiting for news on, um, on Clay Thompson and, again, bracing ourselves for it to be pretty bad. The NFL has made some new COVID protocols that I think are significant, and Bill Belichick had something to say yesterday that continues to amaze me. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Half past the hour, Greeny with you here. And I just want to give you a sense of what I'm dealing with. All right, my staff. Can I just have a moment, if I may? So I'm sitting here. I'm doing the show. I'm, I'm talking to Lewis Riddick. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to stay focused on what he's saying. And I'm trying to keep in mind what I want to do next. And I've got to read. I've got to get in. And I, all the things that I have in my head. And I see a text come flying in from Ray, my right-hand man, Ray, who has been with me forever, came with me from Mike and Mike, and he's been a part of Get Up, and he's a part of this show, and, and he is a.k.a. Patriot Ray, a.k.a. Metropolitan Ray, a.k.a. Cuffy. And so he sends a text to the little radio group chat that says as follows, is there any way to make the ding on Greeny's phone a little louder? It isn't totally distracting during a conversation, and I want to make sure that everyone is able to hear it. And then in parentheses, is the sarcasm coming across well here? This is what I'm up against. So let me explain to you, Ray, exactly what's going on. It's not the phone. It's the laptop. It is the laptop, and I can't figure out how to make it stop. <laughs> Every time I get a text. By the way, your text is the reason it dinged. Okay, someone send me a text. Just someone send me a text and you'll hear the ding. I, I can't make it stop. I don't know how. So if someone can tell me how to make this stop, then let me know. So I heard it. But what's funny is when it dings, the first thought I think is, boy, I hope that's not going through on the air. <laughs> and then I get this text from, from Metropolitan Ray, a.k.a. Cuffy. And I'm thinking, well, I guess it's audible on the air. But so, so, so someone send me a text and you'll hear it. I can't make it stop. So if someone can tell me how to make it stop, I, of course I will, but I have to have the laptop here and it's right next to the microphone. And, and I guess it is obviously audible, but no one had mentioned it before. So I'm just waiting for someone to send me a text and I, I, no one seems to be wanting to. So maybe the sound is so disturbing that people are hashtag Bubba, nothing. Can we get one lousy text to the group chat? So I can see. There have been like five texts. It should be coming. You have sent five texts. So then, then something has gone terribly wrong because I've received none of them, and there's no dings. So now people, there we go. Did you hear that? Were you able to hear that? So that's exactly what. So now someone tell me how I make this stop. So I don't know how to make it stop. 
So I, if, if Grady, I could, have you ever heard of a mute button? Hear it. Did you hear it again? It just dinged again. What do you mean a mute button? Like you're on your mute. laptop, you can mute your laptop so you don't get the ding anymore. I can mute the laptop so I yes, don't get Yes, there it. should be like a little speaker somewhere where you just click it. On, you have a MacBook, I'm assuming. You can just click it and hit the speaker and it'll mute. All right. You're going to have to come to the house and do that. I'm telling you right now, I don't know if that's on the air or not. Could, could everyone hear that or was that just me hearing Cliff talking there? If, if, if someone needs to come here and show me how to mute this. Stace! Come downstairs. Oh, now I'm being told check Woj. So in the middle of all of this hilarity, I, I have a feeling we're about to get significant news from the NBA. And so I brace myself and I'm checking. Oh, no. All right. It is what we thought it was going to be. This is 39 seconds ago. Adrian Wojnarowski tweets, Golden State's Clay Thompson has suffered a season-ending Achilles tear. Now, that is exactly what we were afraid it might be and we're hoping it would not be. Oh, that's just terrible. That is such a terrible shame. Guys, obviously, we won't do whatever we're planning here. See if we can get Woj or any, see if we can get Legler or Jalen or Jay Will or somebody to pop on here. It's a terrible shame. You know, the worry, there's so many reasons why this is a terrible shame. One of them is you really have to worry now about Clay Thompson's career. The reality is that's two devastating injuries to opposite legs in consecutive years. He tears the ACL in the left knee in June of 19 working his way back, and now here we are in November of 20, and he has an Achilles tear in the right leg. And, and you know, I remember years ago Mark Schlereth saying to me that the body is the, the best machine in the world at compensating. It, it, so if you've got an injury on one side, then your body's natural tendency will be to favor the other side. And so frequently... And you ha- the reason that you have to be so steadfast and careful in your rehabilitation from injuries is that, and in no way am I suggesting that's what happened here. I obviously don't know. But the first thought you have is, what Stink was saying is if you're rehabbing the right leg, that you are, you are then putting too much pressure on the left leg, even if you don't mean to, and that can create problems there. And so maybe that is a reason here. Maybe not. We don't know. And I guess it does, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But there go the Warriors, and there goes Clay Thompson. So now he's got, he's got the devastating injuries to both legs. If he misses this entire season, which Woj is tweeting is going to be the outcome here, then that's going to be two full years that he misses, and he'll be 32 years old when he comes back. So, that, I mean, first and foremost, it's terrible for him, and I feel awful for him because he's a, a really good player and a really good guy. Second of all, you know, I think that the league needs a, a lot of good teams. If there's one thing that I think the league has suffered for, it is – that the, there was such a small group of teams you could see winning the championship. And Durant's departure from Golden State, I think, helped because it felt like a foregone conclusion that they were going to win it every year. So now you've got the Lakers and you're looking, okay, how many teams could you count? Do you need more than the fingers on one hand to, cha- to count the championship contenders? Golden State was definitely one of them. Are they now? I don't think so. They have a 19-year-old rookie, James Wiseman, who they just drafted, who's, you know, an athletic big, who should be able to give them a little something. You have Steph Curry, who's one of the all-time greats, but obviously needs the complimentary piece. You've got Draymond back. You've got, you know, you've got Wiggins. I'm doing this off the top of my head. That, it's just, you can scratch the, the Golden State Warriors off the list of teams that you could see winning the championship, and, and that's really a shame. So I feel, I feel really bad for him, and I feel really bad for them, and I feel really bad for the league because that's a terrible injury. To lose an important player, to lose a team from the mix like this before your season even begins, it's a blow. It's a blow for the sport. 
and it's a blow for, and it is personally a blow for him. So that's the news that we have, and it is a shame. Woj, again, now it's four minutes ago, this tweet. Uh, Golden State's Clay Thompson has suffered a season-ending Achilles tear. Let me just scroll here and see if there's anything else that we're getting. Um, Sports Center, uh, yeah, yeah, Clay Thompson has suffered a season-ending Achilles tear. They told Woj. Bobby Marks, who, if you're not following Bobby Marks on Twitter, you should be. He's an extremely good follow for this stuff. He is our front office insider. He's very good with this stuff, with all the contract stuff, salary cap stuff, anything you need to know. So he tweets immediately, Golden State will now apply for the disabled player exception worth $9.3 million. The exception can be used to sign, trade for, or claim a player to a one-year contract. The exception expires on April 17th. So that is the news that we have there. Here's Bobby Marks with more. The Warriors' $17.2 million trade exception that expires on November 23rd can only be used to trade for or claim a player. There is no limit on years, but Golden State cannot sign a free agent into that exception. They are restricted from doing a sign-and-trade because of the hard cap. So if I'm reading that correctly, and it's a lot of complicated words, but if I'm reading that correctly, it sounds to me like what he's saying is, this money isn't probably going to do them a whole lot of good right now. They have until November 23rd to use it. What is today? The 16th, 17th? What is today? Today is the 19th. So we've got four days left for them to use that, and they can't use it on a free agent. Free agency starts on Friday. So it's not like they can try and sign Anthony Davis or something like that. Davis isn't going anywhere anyway. He's clearly going to go back and play with LeBron in L.A. Why wouldn't he? So... That's the latest. We'll, we'll be working the phones here. We'll try and get somebody on, Legler or, or maybe Jalen or someone like that, for some reaction on this. But that is the news. It's, it's not unexpected. It is what we were expecting here today, and it's just a terrible shame. Um, it is an Achilles for Clay Thompson. He is lost for the season. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at Progressive commercial.com again more reaction to this as we go and more from the nfl i will try and get in the belichick stuff if i get the chance now on espn plus do you know what i've lived through as a fan of this franchise the daily video stream of greenie with mike greenberg the big personality has worked against him it has bit him in the butt this year greenie with mike greenberg the max kellerman show dan levitard and Janae and gola jr can now be seen exclusively on espn plus with espn plus you'll get access to each show plus live sports exclusive originals and more sign up now at espnplus.com this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. If you're just tuning in, the news is bad. Uh, and that is that Clay Thompson, according to Woj, has sustained a torn Achilles and will miss the entire season. 
I'm delighted that can bring Bobby Marks into the conversation here for a minute or two to help us. He's our front office insider and really does an excellent job. And Bobby, I was just reading a few of your tweets to the audience, and I will confess that as I was reading them, I wasn't fully understanding them. So can you can you help us with this? What, if anything, can the Warriors try and do salary cap wise now to I mean, not that anything is going to replace what they lose in Clay Thompson, but what what do they now have the ability to try to do? Well, they, they still have that $17.2 million trade exception that expires on Monday, uh, November 23rd. So the only way to use that is if you are basically acquiring a player in a trade or claiming a player off waivers. So if you want to put a waiver claim into Alfred Payton or Wayne Ellington, who were just waived by the New York, by the Knicks, then you have, you have access to do that. Um, when it comes to the Thompson injury, they'll file for what they call as the disabled player exception. It'll be worth uh, $9.3 million. You could use that to sign a free agent, but it can only be for, uh, for one year. So two exceptions, a little bit different how you use it. The, the hard part, Greeny, with the, that big trade exception, that $17 million one, is that they couldn't go out and, and try to get a player in a sign-in trade. If you're looking at maybe Bogdan, Bogdanovic in Sacramento, because the Warrior, because, Warriors, because of their finances, are hard-capped, and they can't take back a player and, and exceed that. So uh, this is not a great market for shooting guards. If they're going to try to, I guess, patch up that need, they're probably going to have to go do it in the, uh, in the trade market. Now, Bobby, how would you, because you don't just cover the front office piece of this, you cover the sport and you watch it as much as anybody I know. How would you put into words what this means to the Warriors and, and really to the league as they get to set to start a season? Well, it's devastating, Greeny. And I, and I wrote last night, um, we had our winners and losers, and I had the Warriors as, as losers, and not because they picked James Wiseman, who I thought was a great pick. I just thought it just cast a, uh, a sad note on the draft last night. I mean, I really did. I mean, we thought this Golden State team was going to be up there with, you know, the two L.A. teams, Denver, top four, compete to try to get out of the Western Conference. And, and it feels like we're almost like talking like it was last off season. We're back to kind of square one, but they do, you know, they do have James Wiseman here. But, um, you know, they could probably get in the back end of the, uh, in the Western Conference playoffs as a six, seven, or eight seed, but that's going to take these guys to stay healthy. But, yeah, it's, it is devastating. You know, an Achilles, you know, you know, you had a knee, um, and, you know, you just – you feel bad, and, and you know when when you don't have your stars on the court, you know since uh, you know it, for everyone, everyone uh, hurts here. No question about it. Bobby Marks with me for a minute on ESPN Radio. I was reading a tweet from Tom Haberstroh, Bob, and and he wrote this: Clay Thompson is the fourth 2018 All Star to suffer a ruptured Achilles joining DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, and Kevin Durant. I'm not sure what to make of that, but I can't imagine a spate of Achilles tears to stars like this has ever happened. I mean, I, I, I share that thought with Tom, and I wonder, in almost every case, they were coming back from injuries, rehabbing, coming back from injury. Do you, do you think there's anything... Like, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on anyone. Don't get me wrong. But do you think that there's something to that? Is there something people are doing now in the NBA that is making them more susceptible to this injury? Yeah, you know, it's like when you have that new car and when that car's running perfectly and then all of a sudden you have a flat tire and then it leads into something else, you know, it kind of just opens you up there. And, Greeny, I think I'm going to be interested to see when we get going here in, in, um, in December as far as where, these, where we're going to see some injuries as far as players maybe trying to get Ben Simmons, maybe trying to get back too soon. Um, you know, the wear and tear of players just getting done in, in October and late, in late September here. So, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think I think Tom is probably onto something there. That you know some of these injuries they've occurred before has probably led into something else. 
Bobby Marks again, our front office insider with the latest on what the Warriors can try and do to compensate from this, although obviously there's nothing you can do to replace Clay Thompson. He's one of the great players in the league, and he will now be lost for the season. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks, Green. Appreciate it. That's Bobby Marks with me here. Yeah, it's a, it, look, it's just a terrible shame. What can you say? And this is the NBA doesn't need this. The Warriors don't need it. And most of all, I feel bad for Clay himself, who missed an entire season with a knee and now is going to miss another with an Achilles. And it certainly casts some question on the rest of his career. Those are both devastating injuries. And you hope that he can come back and be just as good as ever a year from now. Maybe he will. We'll think as as optimistically as we can, but it certainly is a shame. And then you think about the impact that it has on the NBA this year. Now, I think he's right. Does he have the right teams there? Who are the teams you could see right now winning the West? Houston, I believe, is going to wind up trading away Harden and Westbrook. Maybe not before the season starts, but I, I think both of them will ultimately be gone. They're definitely not going to the finals. Phoenix is on the come, but that seems too soon. Um, some of the other good young teams, but, but certainly the Lakers, the Clippers, and we had the Warriors and Denver, right? Those feel like the teams. Utah had a very good year last year. So this, this, you know, they don't need this. They don't need it narrowed down. They don't need fewer teams that might win the championship. So it's a shame. Anyway, best wishes to Clay and his family. That, that's obviously a terrible break. And best wishes to Steve and all of them out there in Golden State because this, this season just got to be more challenging. They'll still be a good team if, if Steph is healthy and Draymond is healthy. And they've got this kid now they drafted yesterday who everybody loves. So they'll still be a good team and they should be a lot of fun to watch. But with Clay Thompson, they they were on the short list of championship contenders, and now that seems unlikely. Anyway, good one tonight in the NFL, Seattle, Arizona. Again, I've got the Seahawks. Everyone else thinks Arizona will win. We will see if the hashtag KOD comes up on Russ. And either way, we'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow right here, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.